0: Welcome back to In The Loop, a WordPress agency podcast by Blackbird Digital. I'm Corey Hugert, and in this episode, I'm joined by Phil Hoyt and Jack Watson to talk about the recent explosion of machine learning algorithms, how they will affect what we do as developers and designers, and how we do it, if we still have jobs at all. If you have questions about WordPress website development, contributing or anything else web-related that you'd like to hear us discuss, send an email to podcast at blackbird.digital. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok as in the loop underscore WP. Blackbird Digital is a web and app development agency that specializes in WordPress, creating on-screen experiences that connect, teach, communicate, and inspire. Visit blackbird.digital for more information. Enjoy the show. Welcome back for another Blackbird Dev Chat with a twist. Due to the topic under discussion today, Phil and I have invited Blackbird's UI UX designer, Jack Watson, to join us. You may recognize her from episode 13 with Beth Hannon, where we discussed web accessibility. She has an extensive illustration and animation background, and she's a featured live streamer on Behance, as well as an Adobe mentor and Adobe Live host. And full disclosure, we're also married. Welcome to Dev Chat, Jack.
1: Hey, thanks for having me back on again. Excited to, uh, apprehensively excited (laughs) to talk about uh, the topic today. You came back
2: for a great one. This is, yeah, th- there's no controversy <laughs> in this one at all. It's just going to be a straight shot, easy to talk about podcast. Mm, so
0: it's it's taken us a long time to get comfortable with the idea of doing an episode about the current state of generative AI, uh, text, images, code, because it is fraught with uh, valid ethical concerns about um, how the data for these AI models are sourced and processed, we will be setting that debate aside for today to focus on the technology and the potentially positive and negative impacts it will have and maybe is currently having on our work as creative agency developers and designers.
2: So with that said, AI is here. AI <laughs> is It's here. coming for us. <laughs> Speaking of just AIs here, I just kind of like while you're going through that intro, uh, when, when was like this current version of AI that we're all kind of like meshing with? Because, you know, the word AI has been thrown right. around for the last several, several, several decades <laughs> at this point. But this current version, when when did you start to like this idea of it start bubbling up and start, start entering yours? Like Started
0: making me anxious about the future you mean
2: sure i mean whatever i I mean i did not say anything about your feelings but you know if that's where you want to start because i mean for me like i remember it was like the dolly stuff it was like these really like um
0: poster postage stamp
2: cursed images of of like ooh, look i typed in some words and uh, some of the most disturbing images came out of it in those first few months and you know people started just going to that uh you know dolly light website and you Mm -hmm. can pump out a handful of little squared images yeah yeah, i I did um, i
0: did a couple of those just to sure you know the real the novelty factor right of like yeah let's see what it does with two completely opposing concepts and and what kind of you know horrors of the imagination it produces (laughs) when when was that when that was like
2: it feels a while ago at this point i don't i would love to nail that down exactly the date but it feels like about like maybe a year and a half two years ago i guess at this point maybe where we started like you know you'd be on twitter and you'd just see like the the, the the three by three grid mm-hmm. of like, look at what I created. Mm-hmm. I, I put Pikachu plus old timey hat and I got <laughs> the most creepy thing in the world.
0: Well, since then, things have uh, rapidly developed <laughs> yeah. for sure you know, if in only a year or two. Some examples being, you know, it not just um, Dolly, but just image generation in general has exploded with the uh, uh, the stable diffusion type generators mm. and mid-journey and those sorts of things um chat gbt has uh entered the chat so to speak <laughs> um with the large language model stuff um and then of course uh things like um a github copilot for code auto complete generation kind of stuff and i know there's there's more there's yeah. more going on with that in the future. I, 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 there's also, you know, I haven't looked into these much to be honest, but there's also like apparently a completely free co pilot style thing from Amazon.
2: Oh, I had no idea. Um,
0: so all those things are happening.
2: Sure. Um, I think those are like the big hitters that, you know, I think when you hear AI, those are the ones people think of right now. Right.
0: Uh, and then in the, and in the world of image generation, let's just say, um, you know, Adobe is... This is where the Adobe stuff is relevant <laughs> from Jack's intro. Uh, Adobe's, of course, working... I mean, they've been working with with machine learning stuff for a long time. So they're sort of entering the race with Adobe Firefly. But we'll get back to that in, in a second. Um, but I want set, to set the stage, right? So, you know, in terms of uh, text generation stuff, um, so, you know, we saw you know not too long ago maybe six months ago or so um certain scientific journals just getting overrun with and and like short story competitions and things like that just getting overrun with obviously generated
2: submissions sure yeah it sounds like some art submission type stuff also you know photography type Mm. contests were i think a winner was like an automated well, yeah, there w- there was point. that controversy
0: a while ago about the just art competition, like the AI sure. generated art that won the uh,
2: art competition. But I guess in general, with the main subject we're talking about is just the you know these previously user generated submission type forums are being flooded with AI mm-hmm. content.
0: Um, you know, in terms of code, uh, Stack Overflow banned um, you know generated uh, you know responses uh, answers um and art portfolio websites of course um <laughs> it either took two paths right there's two paths that the art you know portfolio websites have taken one being uh just let just let it all in and have essentially become as far as i can tell basically ai art showcases and you know it completely transformed from what they used to be right or they banned AI art submissions, and you know, I don't know how that's working out for any of them necessarily, but that's that's where we're at, or at least that's where we were at a couple months ago. I'm, I'm you know, I'm trying to keep up with these things, but uh, I know mm-hmm. today, um, or maybe yesterday, whatever, um, people are losing their minds over some generated uh, video mm-hmm. where there's like yes. a bunch of people dancing, and I don't know, there's like anthropomorphic cats.
2: <laughs> i saw a few of these you know i'm on the tiktok mm-hmm. uh, as an old person would say um and yeah there was it was definitely a flurry of uh people getting their hands on this newer video ai type situation and yeah they were typing in things like pandas at a salon and they would get again we're back at that dolly stage of things where it's this cursed mm-hmm, images mm-hmm. of pandas cutting other pandas hair and it was uh <laughs> pretty disturbing but you know it's that case where it's like wow this is novel at the moment but I bet in the next probably few months unfortunately he'll probably be like okay well, yeah we can type pandas cutting each other's hair and we're getting pretty close to what we're looking for so so as much as it's a, a joke right now and maybe scary and uh it'll probably come to fruition in the very near future so yeah at the rate that everything is moving um i'll be honest i don't put a lot of stock in a lot of these like weird negative things like i see a lot of it but i don't i'm not uh, nothing in my life has been impacted greatly by this uh you know i'm not on any of these communities i'm not on youtube seeing a ton of generated content that's like overflowing my feed on the socials or anything. So uh, it's hard for me to weigh in on these. I'm sure it is pretty disturbing for some people. I think the, the, where I have seen it and at least maybe where we can kind of pigeonhole this uh, conversation for our podcast is like starting to see it inside of the WordPress sphere. Um, You know, we're just now starting to see, plugins and blocks uh, kind of integrate with AI. Um, Very, if if you're familiar with the Notion uh, writing application, it's very Notion-esque where you can kind of ask it to write you some, uh, you know, you prompt it like you do lots of these text generators and it kind of outputs, um, you know, text. I think that is one version that we're starting to see in WordPress. Um, And then we also have this other like weird other side, which is a little more, hands-on but it's like hey chat gpt write me a plugin that does mm-hmm. x and we're starting to we're starting to see that i, I kind of do feel like those are just um you know trend wave trend people who are just trying to stay relevant inside the youtube and twitter stream. yeah there but, was um, a
0: there was that moment um yeah like yeah a couple months ago i mean they, we're still on the tail end of it i think but early 2023 i will say where You know, every, uh, let's say, personality that that I follow in the WordPress (laughs) sphere was, I asked ChatGPT to write a WordPress WordPress plugin, and this is what happened, you know? (laughs) And, you know, whether they were doing that just for the content to, like, say one way or another, like, this is great or this is bad, or, you know, I mean, there are some people, you know, not just trying to generate plugins, but utilize... ChatGPT or um you know image generative ai in plugins um so mm-hmm. our uh friend of the, friend of the podcast ryan welcher he does streams every thursday just about and not even a couple weeks ago he was kind of finishing up a an example plugin I, he doesn't okay some of his plugins he puts on the repo i don't know if this one is going on there or not but he was working on a image generating um plugin for wordpress so seeing a lot of it um some people might be familiar with it uh, alt text generating uh mm-hmm. plugin yes. that's been making the rounds all sorts of all sorts of things um yeah that the image generation i don't know i still like okay mm-hmm. so there's right we've got we've got you know i'm kind of i kind of lumping the code generation with the text generation stuff i mean sure. they are kind of they're trained on kind of different sets of things, but essentially they're outputting language. Uh, and then like the image generators are kind of a different ball game. I kind of, I kind of want to, I want to try at least to summarize how they work and probably get it terribly, horribly wrong, but bear with me. <laughs> so <laughs> for these diffusion models, you know, they're ingesting thousands, millions of images, that are tagged in some way so there there is a there's a human labor element associated with this right and um and that gets back to the ethics of course but so these images are are diffused right like they're 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 literally um blurred Blurred. yeah (laughs) right like kind of noise added just and you know then they're unblurred or at least that's kind of how the the generating part works is it's starting from random noise or some sort of input and trying to unblur an image. And I think that this was kind of one of those um, happenstance inventions where like somebody's, you know, I remember 10 years ago when up images Mm. was very new Mm -hmm. and you know, people taking really old pixel art, and like upresing it to be like super bubbly and whatever. And then I think this is kind of a strange offshoot of that that became more of a, you know, cultural phenomenon than just upresing stuff. I mean, we've seen upresing stuff a lot, even like I'm sure in games and stuff like that um, where they're releasing remastered versions and probably using tools like Photoshop to upres things. Or at least I, I actually don't know. I'm, I'm assuming that Photoshop has like an intelligent... Up-res. sure
2: I, I would assume as well I, I know nvidia and whatnot have added uh, lots of that to their offerings uh, you can like turn on settings that'll up your games essentially you can actually run oh, it in a real time like in, re- yeah, in real time so yeah so that's already a thing i can actually get some links for you um i'm not going to even attempt to kind of describe how any of this ai stuff works unfortunately just because i really don't know but i do know those tools do exist in real time for a video game. like you can run it at 720 and upres it to 1080 and it actually looks even better than running it natively at 1080 at, mm-hmm. in some cases
0: but um, I, before we move on from the image stuff um i don't know if jack if you'd be willing to give us kind of an overview of like what machine learning kind of tools already exist in the adobe suite and you know maybe what we can expect potentially not necessarily officially but just your opinion or what you're expecting
1: so, yeah, so in regards to Adobe stuff, there's kind of a like multiple tracks going on right now. There's a lot of stuff going on in the machine learning and AI world. So we've had Adobe Sensei for a long time. People have been using, whether or not they know it, uh, AI machine learning. In Adobe apps for a long time, um, you know, back when I believe it might have been content aware was mm-hmm. the first thing that kind of that came out. That like was when
0: yeah. we were in college in Photoshop, which I'll let other people date me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was using machine learning. Um, that was kind of like the birth of Adobe Sensei in that time frame, and so we've only kind of moved from there into like now we can, you know, the smart captioning stuff that's going on in Premiere illustrator's got new image traces using adobe sensei to do like smarter image trace stuff so there's like that side of things right they're kind of like beefing up uh the tools that exist inside um software that is meant to be used by creatives to you know amplify Mm -hmm. their work elevate Mm -hmm. their work and then we've got, on the other side of things, Firefly is kind of like its own thing that's more traditionally uh, models, right? Using data sets to generate images. Um, there's a whole bunch of kind of like in exploration features uh, that they're looking into. Obviously, like video stuff is a big mm-hmm. one. Um, and audio. As well yeah, as course. like, you know, t- Sketch to Vector, I know is another big one that people are excited about. Um but they're also, at the same time, they're kind of developing all of these two kind of tracks, uh, right? Tools inside of software for creatives, the image generation kind of stuff um, where those two collide will is yet to be seen. Uh, they're also part of this content authenticity initiative, which is similar to, I guess, the the glaze kind of thing that's out there, although in kind of like a different way. So a bunch of artists, um, as a way to kind of like, I don't don't know, not like get back at AI, Mm. but, um, have started using glaze, which kind of protects on some level your artwork from being pulled by
0: by being trained on. Yeah. Right. I'll link link to that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. I, I, I almost want to say it's almost, it's almost like a booby trap too. Right. Like, because it won't properly, understand it and it could become you know that training set could become useless i think i don't know but it's also the sort of thing where like the the glaze tool itself and the um the generators are going to have just like the same way that we see you know uh spam detectors and spammers right like Mm -hmm. you know at a constant arms race um with you know updating the tools anyway sorry go ahead
1: yeah, and then I guess that's the thing is that all every no matter what solution we come up with to try to like <laughs> get our arms around the legalities of you know content in this new age, uh, it's going to be a a constant battle. You know, like <laughs> the only thing I can equate it to is like uh, you know before it didn't ma- you could use whatever password you wanted to mm-hmm. on the internet, right? It didn't you matter, but now we <laughs> Right. We're building more and more complexities as like, I don't know, where does it end kind mm-hmm. of thing. But the content authenticity initiative is actually like an open source project. Um, but the idea behind it, and there's a beta out currently, so you can, um, I'll get the link Thanks. for you after. But you can feed images into this sort of beta and it will, and it actually exists as a beta in Photoshop too. So you can save your images in photoshop using with the content authenticity credentials and what that means is that if you upload an image into their you know content authenticity checker it actually will like provide you information on like where the source of that image was from and like what edits were done to it it was originally meant to sort of be to combat like deep fakes Um, but now obviously with the rise of ai they're trying to use it to kind of detect whether something has been created using um, image generation tools so it can pick up on whether something was made in firefly for example and it'll tell you that even if you alter the image and way, crop out the watermark change it you know take a piece of it and put it in something else it'll still pull as a source even if you make an image composite it will actually show you all of the like source images that created that if composite. if i
2: understand correctly even if you like
0: take a screenshot of the image
1: Yes, even if you take a screenshot know, of that the image blows you know? my mind. yeah I don't even
2: understand how yeah, that works that's <laughs> interesting cuz I assumed it would like encode it inside of like the you know data the data or something yeah the metadata or then the even in the chain of like gobbledygook mm-hmm. inside of the code of it the image itself but it seems like it goes further than that
1: What Adobe's attempting to do is build a so firefly the the image, image text image generator that they have it, it's got a couple of different things in it now it's got like a text effects thing, and it's got like a um, a vector recolor option as well. But Firefly is trained on Adobe stock and uh, public domain imagery. So the idea behind Firefly is they're trying to build a tool that can be used commercially. Um, In order to do that, they have to own the license to all the work in the data set. And so how the content authenticity stuff kind of factors into it is that they want to be able to prevent content from being uploaded to Adobe it. stock, obviously, that's been generated using AI tools, right? They only want to have content in there that's they own mm-hmm. the rights to. And so they're trying to build this kind of like AI, but like this is where it gets complicated in that it's always going to have to be a constant battle, right? Between like <laughs> the tool that gets built to protect um, artists versus, you know, people trying to, get around it right like there's always going to be people trying to get around i mean it's been like that way, that way for i mean that going back to like people removing watermarks from yeah. <laughs> images like it's this is not a new or you know sort of issue just
0: <laughs> tracing
2: images i mean that's kind that's kind of a higher order i mean there's an entire like area in another country or people just repainting famous paintings <laughs> so yeah right. I mean, cop- copyright is yeah. right. you now. I, mean, <laughs> I mean if it's digital then
0: sure no that that's that was a dumb never mind (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i'm thinking of like you know because both jack and i used to work in the publishing industry specifically um textbooks and um yeah i just i i i feel for people you know doing production work in that field right now because it was already a sinking ship when we got out of that that industry you know not too long ago um everything being outsourced and you know and now like because you know correct me if I'm wrong, Jack, but you know a lot of the asks you know for art production for textbooks is just like here's the here's the art or chart or whatever that we want just remake
1: mm-hmm. it. Yeah I mean it was that's sort of the industry in a mm-hmm. nutshell um, is 90% of what we were creating was here's this artwork render it out of copyright. Mm-hmm. here's this artwork, render it in our mm-hmm. style. Right, um, there was a lot of those kind of asks, and so the a i is definitely going to disrupt um that industry and production art as a whole, which is kind of you know bittersweet, in that like a lot of the skills that I developed in that job mm-hmm. um certainly benefited me you know, moving up in my career in terms of like learning how to work faster and more efficiently. Um, But, you know, at the same time, like you said, it's kind of a race to the bottom. And I think that, and this may be a bit of a hot take, controversial (laughs) opinion. Um, I think it's, I think it frees. I would like to see It, I mean, I like use this term a lot, like AI work for creatives rather than against them, and I think that there's something positive if you can find a positive spin to, you know, job loss, would be that it frees artists up to do the work that they actually want to be doing. Um, I. I mean, I was pretty miserable, mm. uh, you know, just kind of recreating work out of copyright, right. essentially. Like, I mean, I, first of all, that's already kind of shady, like, right? Like, you know. <laughs> but um, I want to come back
0: to I want to come back to how it is uh, affecting, you know, you know, people just starting out. Um, I want to save that bit for later. Sure. Um, I I am curious about your take, um, bringing it back towards kind of what we do at the agency. Uh, Mm -hmm. level you know now that adobe is set to acquire figma i don't know if that's gone through yet
1: um i know that's a whole thing but you
0: know uh (laughs) ui stuff is Mm -hmm. is imagery right is is there there, do you you foresee a time when you you know we're generating entire figma um, compositions
1: this is where it gets complicated and i think that eventually we will get to a point where ai can create interfaces um on some level but ai at this point is is really bad at context mm-hmm. um and it's just really bad at like understanding you know you can only really give it bits of information and have it create sort of static singular things. It doesn't really know how to build a system. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'd like to build on that a little (laughs) bit later, especially when we get into like how, you know, I would really like to talk about how I, I practically use it in my day to day. But I think when we're talking about AI and a lot of people are afraid of it and you know they're thinking about it as this wholesale solution to a large complex problem Um, but in my practical applications of it and I know we're still in the early days it's it's been more piecemeal you know I'm using it to do bits and pieces of my uh, you know work uh, to get certain tasks done and then using my experience and talents to combine them all and you know I can definitely see a future where we ask you know, have a built in Figma plugin or something where it's like, hey, generate me some color swatches, get me button styles, you know, maybe experiment with topo- topography and stuff like that. But the idea of like saying, hey, build me a website <laughs> build me build give me a whole layout is like a little bit of a hard ask for i think anything uh you know no, no matter that's a human or organic uh intelligence or artificial intelligence yeah. that is a hard ask because there's just so much context that definitely needs to go into those asks to be able to get um the appropriate response out of it well and
0: yeah, yeah. Tra- so transitioning back into you know the code side of things there you know there there was there was that um thread that happened um just recently that I'll link to of somebody you know very confidently telling someone else like oh that that thing that you spend hours mm-hmm. on every week or whatever like oh okay, sure. chat gpt can just make a program for you in in 20 minutes or something like that right yeah
2: i think it was kind of insane it was something like hey this task that takes you 200 hours to do we could automate in the next 20 minutes mm-hmm. and then you know i'm sure it, well it's fun more, but more or less they found out yeah, they couldn't do that <laughs> it,
0: it, it, i i'd like to point out how it's it's funny how the, 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 I don't know how to describe this. Like it's no longer just about like, Oh, we can automate you out of having to do that. IE your job, right. Automating people out of a job has been a thing for a long time, but now it's, we can automate automating you out of a job, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, but you know, the thread itself, again, I'll link to it. Um, is just, you know, it's the cautionary tale of our of our current time, right? If we take a, a snapshot right now, you know, getting back into the, the language model stuff, specifically in code generation, of course, is, you know, if you've got a very complex, you know, problem that hasn't been automated yet, probably for a reason, because it's complicated, uh, and then you just try to, ch- you know, ask ChatGPT to, make you a program to do that um basically that basically this thread um you know in in stages is like oh actually that didn't work so we had to be more specific here oh that didn't work we have to be more specific here oh that didn't work we you know i had to get into the code and adjust these things etc 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 and it just became it just it just got to the point where you start just seeing the day-to-day life of a programmer just like what they have to do to make (laughs) a thing work but like sticking this you know machine in the middle that is not intelligent i mean we keep calling it ai right but there's no there's no thinking and I know there's all sorts of arguments I'm not getting get into about like, well, it's doing <laughs> sure, the same sure, thing sure. that human brains are doing, but whatever it's we not, have, we okay. have more context than just what is being fed into it. Right. Just at this moment yeah. in time, again, things will get compl- more complex in the future, but for now you feed it a prompt and based on that context alone and potentially, you know, earlier prompts, it's, it's giving you output. Right. And, and yeah, I, anyways, it's it's interesting tweet thread but but you know that language models right and you know again the same thing that that does code generation um these work a little differently to the whole like you can't you can't blur text right it's a it's a different it's a different thing it's a it's more in line it, it kind of reminds me when i was reading about this of how um you know in code in your editor how it is tokenized to like Um, you know, give you syntax highlighting, right? Um, But on a very granular scale where tokens might not be single words, but might be pieces, parts of words even. Um, And basically, as far as I understand it right now, the way that these text generating algorithms work is they are going not word by word, but token by token, and just, Finding the um, the most uh, probable next token. It's just going in order linearly. Just that's why when you ask ChatGP2 a question, you can watch it type out the response to you, right? Because it's right. literally just plopping those tokens in one after another as it generates them. Um, so with that in mind, I struggle to articulate my my qualms with this whole. This whole thing, this whole thing happening right now and and the the zeitgeist that we're in with, you know, generative technologies. Um, And the best way that I feel like I can put it succinctly is that it's a lot of excitement about a thing that kind of pulls everything into the average sure you know what i'm saying like like yep. you know th- th- these things are just finding the next m- most probable thing which is a- yeah. gonna be basically an averaging of everything you put into it more or less
2: i think that's yeah and i think the best examples of that is if you go to like something like chat GPT and ask it to write you like an essay like a very basic essay about something simple we keep seeing like the example of like Tell me about the moon landing, mm-hmm. which no offense mm-hmm. to everybody doing that, but come on. <laughs> you find something uh, better. To... <laughs> yeah. It's almost as bad as the Copilot X example. Like, how do I center a div? Mm-hmm. Like, can we, can we <laughs> drop the meme? But um, but if you ask it to, like, write you a very simple essay, it just kind of has a bunch of filler words. It's like, oh, this happened this time, mm-hmm. and then a whole bunch of filler words, and then this happened, and then a whole bunch of filler words, and then and then let's repeat the whole essay again really quickly in one sentence just to, like, you know seventh grade level sixth grade English class yes. style and then call it a day and like yeah it's like when you read it you're like okay yeah you you just averaged out like five different articles into one little paragraph which is you know sometimes useful yeah that's that's the that's the thing for me is that
0: it's 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 not It's not coming up with some sort of outline and and kind of putting these concepts in order. It's going token by token. Um, But that's where the prompts come in, I guess. And you have people calling themselves prompt artists now that you
2: know this <laughs> yeah but i mean we had people calling themselves ninjas Google, and Google uh, rock stars and yeah like whatever like the people are gonna like people are gonna people they're gonna try to linkedin a the whole system and try to figure out a way to make a job out of it and you know whatever they let them do their whole thing
0: i i have to admit that i also tried i had to of course it was it was everywhere i tried generating a plug-in for WordPress, sure. It was, you know, just a, a an idea that that came to me because, actually, because of this very podcast. So, just to set the stage, um, you know, we've been trying to figure things out regarding social media and, in particular, Mastodon. Right, In the Loop does not have a Mastodon account. I have one. I post things about the podcast and about all my other interests right um but the podcast itself the brand if you will doesn't have an account on mastodon and i actually put out a poll there because it just the feeling of the network it doesn't feel like the place for brands i don't know maybe i'm wrong but that's right so you know i wanted to know if people you know wanted to see that sort of thing and and it was kind of inconclusive but um you know one thing that occurred to me during that process was that the website itself that we are posting transcripts on which by the way are not completely automated but there is ai involved in that process right as a first pass um so that's one point to ai there um so yeah, anyway, so so um the website is posting transcripts, you know, about each episode and there is a plugin called ActivityPub that you can install and do a lot of configuration to basically turn your website into a little ActivityPub node that can be viewed and subscribed to and even commented on in Mastodon and other ActivityPub, you know, federated stuff, right? So the one, the one thing that was stopping me from that is that the way that it works is author-based. So you can subscribe to authors like they were users on, a, on, a, on an instance. And I realized that if we wanted to publish these articles on Mastodon as something that you could subscribe to, it would be nice if it was like in the loop at blackbird.digital. Sorry that took a while to set the stage but that's where we're at right so i you know i figured why not write a plugin to you know have a, a specific uh, custom post type always have the same author and that way all the posts about the podcast for the for the podcast episode transcript custom post type would show up as that author and i thought that this was a simple enough thing to kind of try ai out on Obviously, it didn't work very well. <laughs> the short of it, right? Um, you know, it 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 got uh, it, it got strange things wrong. Honestly, that I wasn't expecting, and I, I don't remember exactly what those were. But it was just like you know, hook names or something like that that I wasn't expecting it to get wrong. Um, but once I fixed those things, I realized like, well, just like if I was developing this myself, I would realize, oh, I I can't just uh, I can't just change the author you know, on save or whatever, like there's, you know, there's a backlog of posts potentially with a different author and what do you do with those? And th- those are places where developers have to make decisions about like, well, what is the experience of using this plugin? Like, do, you know, is, are there settings? Is there some batch process that you can go to in the back end to like batch process, all the the posts to, to, to swap them or, you know, all those things that like prompting uh. a, a generative text machine uh, is just is not going to have that context for so it just it ends up being at least my experience with code and these prompting interfaces my experience has always been having to um, write more and more specific basically pseudo code, which is basically what a prompt is i mean we, we try to do as natural language as possible but yeah, you get you 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 start to do more and more pseudocode. You start to you know narrow in on things like okay, this part of your code worked, but this function didn't. Rewrite that function specifically, and and I I got fed up with it, and you know it wasn't going to work for me that way. Um, I don't know, maybe some people got that working for like really. I expect that like the people who got <laughs> a plugin working were just asking it to do a thing that had already been done
2: you know what I mean sure I something simple maybe I mean if I could take the reins for a moment because I feel like I've had a different experience with AI especially in the last this year specifically uh, you know uh, I knew it was going to happen at some point, so I'm just going to say it now. Uh, I, for one, welcome our AI overlords. So I, I, I feel like that was that. an obligatory <laughs> quote at some point that I had to make. But um, I've had a very different experience uh, in general. I, I, I use ChatGPT and AI in general on a daily basis now in my workflow. Uh, it's you know It took a while to integrate it. I, I actually was like not a late adopter, but definitely not the first adopter. I think you were the first adopter of Copilot at the company. Um, you were using copilot and then you were talking about it in some dev chat and i was like wow well, you know maybe i'll install this and give it a go and you know and my experience with that was very interesting you know i kind of i didn't really read the docs or anything i was just like it just it had predictive text which was kind of nice and then you kind of keep moving along with that and then you kind of find out that you can actually like oh man i just need to massage this data from one place to another place and i just need a function that does that and i don't want to go google the the function in php that does that like what what is the what is the code that does that and so you write just like uh, a comment in your code and you're like a function that does xyz and then it kind of just spits that out for you and you're like wow thank you that was just a little bit of brain work that i just didn't want to do right now and now i'm just like kind of seamlessly working so that was kind of my foyer into like just starting to you know appreciate um what AI could do for me on a on a line per line basis um Uh, but it kind of like kept evolving from there you know I was already a user of um, mid-journey for my D&D campaign stuff like that so I wasn't like against any of this stuff to begin with but um, uh, when chat GPT started coming out and getting better you know I started going in there and you know doing the novelty things I had it write obituaries for myself (laughs) and my 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 fiance and that was fun and Um, you know, and then, but then it kept going from there. I was like, okay, well, what else can I do? And it kept getting better and better. And, um, you know, on a practical side of things, you know, I had it recently, you know, rewrite three of my very old blog posts. And these are blog posts that had little code snippets. um, And I kind of just like, let ChatGPT take the wheel a little bit. I basically like copy and pasted the code in, maybe a little bit of my writing style. And basically was like, you know, read this code. And rewrite this blog post to be more professional, you know, write, write this, write this thing for me. Um, and about three of my blog posts now have been rewritten with chat GPT in mind. And, you know, these are tasks that are difficult for me. You know, the code side of it was like, fine. I, I asked it to optimize it. And someone's code is old and, um, definitely needed a little bit of optimization, which was, you know, nice of it to like, yeah. oh hey we read through it and you know we found a few little like hey you're you're looping through the variable in a weird way here and blah 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 and you know we can rewrite some of this and maybe uh, i even asked it to be use uh, php um coding standards for WordPress and it, you know, did that to some degree as well. So, um, but yeah, essentially three of my blog posts got rewritten in a, you know, in an afternoon of me just kind of feeding it in there and massaging the data a little bit to get out, um, paragraphs of text that would have never came out of my hands, uh, naturally because I'm just not that type of person. I don't even believe I speak very well, let alone type very well. So, um, I, so I was very happy to have blog posts that other people would benefit from with my code that, you know, people would be able to then use use so that was like an interesting experience in the recent in recent history Correct me if uh, I'm but wrong. then even more
0: oh sorry yeah uh, it no, i ahead. mean that kind of sounds like automating a you know a task a dreaded task for sure. know, programmers which is you know not just writing of course but like it it sounds like you know automated refactoring even if it's not specifically about your code you refactored sure. your blog post. In a lot of ways it is, with, though, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, with like more approachable language or maybe some, you know, maybe you didn't describe much at all and you had it describe in natural language what the code is doing or that sort of thing. Like,
2: Sure, yeah. I mean, it commented things that I had left out in the first pass mm-hmm. just because, you know, maybe naturally I was just typing it to solve my own problem. And, you know, I wasn't overthinking about somebody who'd go into that code and have to read it themselves. I just want to stick a um, pin in I this mean,
0: idea of using yeah. a large language model to do language tasks. (laughs) Continue. (laughs) Sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and even to continue that train about language tasks, uh, you know, I was recently asked internally to provide uh, a description of an API integration. And, you know, I wrote a little blurb for myself and it wasn't very professional, but it was just like, what I could get out at the end of the day when they needed it. And I then ran it through ChatGPT, and basically just asked it to make it more professional. And it did that for me. And I was like, thank you. Like, you know, again, these are words in a way that I wouldn't. But going back to even just like on a more granular, st- scope when I'm writing code you know I had a recently had a uh, you know a large feature ask and um, you know I I wasn't again asking it to wholesale create me a plugin or a feature or anything but I along the way while I was doing my own coding I would ask it to just do certain tasks for me I was like you know hey I'm working with a lot of, it had to do with it was, I was building a calendar you know I, I needed a lot of date and time stuff and so I was asking it to like hey I need an array that starts today and ends at the, this end date um, you know this end date is based on you know a database entry from WordPress. Um, and it outputted the firm that for me and I had to massage it myself and then I wanted it that array to be you know filled with certain pieces of information that it's getting pulled from um uh, a post type and you know I you know and and so on and so forth I kept kind of asking it to do these like heavy thinking pieces that would have required me to like usually just go skim through a couple tutorials or examples or stack overflow and pick out the pieces that I need um to then build this visual, you know, calendar for me. And, you know, instead of having to do that, I asked ChatGPT to kind of do that heavy thinking lifting for me. And I was able to get, um, you know, it to a point where I was able to actually accomplish that feature in a much faster timeline than I would have if I had to have done all that work uh, myself, um, which again would have been just me sifting through data to get to those answers. It wouldn't have been me, you know, maybe handwriting a handful of it, but some of that would just been like, you know, you know, creating a calendar from scratch is a nightmare and a half. you's just got to like juggle a handful of ideas in your head, and it's just not always the easiest thing to do. Um, sure, but, so, but yeah, yeah, you're I you're, you're uh, I don't
0: know you're you're directing it uh, more or less. You have you have the context as the human. You have the full yes, context sure. about what needs to, to happen, and you're asking it to you know do more and more kind of specific things that are kind of automating the grunt work of you know there's still there's still grunt work involved in programming like it's not all i don't know i don't know what people think we do if if, <laughs> if they're yeah. not developers honestly but you know it's it's a lot of typing right yeah <laughs> and you know even before uh you know copilot or those sorts of things existed um you know we've had tools for a long time with with our um with our code editors to auto-complete things for us because sure. the boilerplate code is not fun to write. And boilerplate's a great use of, I think, um, you know, gen- generative language stuff. Like, give me this, you know, scaffold this out for me, and then I go in and and fix the, the details this kind of thing. Um, which is interesting, like, so bring it back to image stuff, right? All the stuff that I see is very like, you know, I mean, it's generating a raster image and a raster image. Well, I'll let Jack explain what a raster image is (laughs) since she's the designer.
1: I don't want to get too deep into the weeds. Um, but yeah, a raster image is, you know, an image created out of pixels, Mm. right? And you only have a, a specific number of pixels, to work with depending on your document settings um so you're it's limited in so if we look at so let's just kind of look at image generators that exist out there right now you're getting a flat usually png uh i think maybe a jpeg but generally png yeah. of raster artwork and if you've ever tried to sc- you can't scale up well, unless you, you using some other a, i guess ai easily.
0: tool well, right. you can with
1: an ai tool <laughs> <laughs> but generally just to keep it like high level if you try to scale up a raster image you're going to see those pixels right, right. right because that's you know, going over 100% you're going to start to see them so that's like what we mean when you say raster art versus vector art that's uh you know if you, svg land mm-hmm.
0: um, it's code Illustrator land. it's math
1: yeah, right. We are making paths, right? And those paths, you can define certain uh, appearance attributes to those paths, but they're infinitely scalable, right? Because they're just they're they're paths based on like point positioning. You can scale them up and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. So that's different than you know raster R, which is made of pixels. You know, raster R doesn't have any of those these nice points and paths that we can transform and translate as we see fit. We have to we're limited to how it was made originally with the original kind of pixels
0: that just sounds like you know because because we basically you know what we've been talking about a lot here is like kind of you know yes sure we make use of some of these tools but we're not we don't expect it to give us the solution like hand us the solution we expect it to get us a certain percentage of the way there at least over 50% generally speaking. Right. And then we go in and we edit the contents and we can do that with text. Mm. We can do that with code. We can do that with, yeah. you know, with, um, with the transcripts for these episodes, right. I'm, we're reading through the entire thing as, as the audio is playing and fixing each and every word, if it didn't pick it up correctly. Right. How do you do that with a raster image?
1: you don't (laughs) unless you're a Um, you
0: know you're a master painter that can do you know right
1: the you'd have to edit it in a, a raster image editing program um and so that's kind of like the interesting limitation that exists currently obviously i i can only speculate that vector is the goal of any of these uh image generation tools companies right they all want to get to vector. Um, but to just kind of take a step back for a minute for what I do, you know, raster output isn't particularly useful. We just look at what I do at like Blackbird. Um, You mean we're not not... designing
0: websites with (laughs) Photoshop anymore?
1: (laughs) Right. Like it's not exactly useful for what I do. Um, and so right now it's an interesting toy, but I mean, I've even, you know, even just kind of like, it's been hard to figure out how this kind of stuff fits into my workflow. I've tried using it to kind of like, how can I, can I use it to generate ideas, mood boarding kind of stuff, ideas for branding, ideas, just for colors, just mood stuff. And even still, I feel like it has a hard time understanding again, getting back to context. Like what is what, it can't understand me as a creative. It can't generate things that are, it has yet to create something or I've been like, yes, that is, what I had in my mind for this project. It's not very good at that kind of stuff. And so obviously my hope for AI is to see it more integrated into tools. that can take what I have in my head and help me like massage it and get it to, you know, get it out. Um, I think a struggle for a lot of, because there's multiple audiences for AI tools, right? There's people like me who want to be able to utilize it to, elevate their creative work and then there's the other side of things which are people who want to generate images wholesale and those are kind of like two competing I just audiences with different i need,
2: to, I need
0: somebody to explain <laughs> to me i'm hoping maybe you can like what are these people expecting to use these images for
1: yeah i mean eventually the point of it would be for commercial Use they want to be able to generate. I mean, that's the difficult thing, and what we're I'm seeing a lot of people get frustrated with is you know I part of my responsibility. I run some events in the Firefly Discord for Adobe these prompt jockey events, and I see people get very frustrated when they give me a very very specific prompt and they have something very very specific Mm -hmm. they want the image to generate, and it Mm -hmm. can't do Mm -hmm. that. It can give very general. Uh, like, it'll give you a spectrum of things, right, based on, like, s- you want a surreal landscape. It'll give you things, that, it'll give you a variety of those things, but, like, it's not, you know, It the joke is about, like, you know, fingers, <laughs> counting the number of fingers on a hand, right? Like, Or sure. just, like... You know, I had somebody really want me to generate three kittens for them, and it could mm. not count three kittens out, <laughs> right. right? Like, it couldn't, it didn't understand that. It doesn't so, know
2: the number three, or that it's even drawing right. what a kitten is. It just is like, well, this blurry image eventually <laughs> looks like you what you think is a kitten. <laughs> yeah. Right,
1: and so it'll just, like, just pick spots to put kittens where it thinks, mm-hmm. sure. you know, kittens might go. Um, people literally want to be able to create images that are in their head. And there's just no There's no way to
0: do that unless you spend 10, wait, 15, right. 20 years <laughs> doing that yourself right. with a pen and paper. Right. And
1: and they get very frustrated mm. when the tool isn't able to do that. Um, and so, Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think that like people are going to be when people do get access to these tools and start using them, they're going to be sorely disappointed that they can't make people are like make a logo type make mm-hmm. a cool logo type like it but it can't like it's just the it only it thing i can that.
0: think of you know personally that you could maybe possibly utilize these things for and maybe what we'll probably see first if it's not already out there is the you know is, is a replacement for um stock images because already yeah. stock mm-hmm. images i mean none of us sitting here like or enjoy stock images and we make fun of them (laughs) a lot right when we see them in the wild like this has nothing to do with your company or whatever it's just got a general vibe and you're like okay that's great for this yeah this marketing copy or whatever right so like i guess i can sort of see it there but
1: i mean to get back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier and what i kind of mentioned is that there is a benefit as much as it is kind of a hot take to say to give people the access or the ability to generate the images that they need, if they can't afford an artist to do that for them. Well,
0: that's why stock art exists in the first place.
1: Right. And so there's a, there's a benefit there. Like I would much rather, I don't know. I would much rather people who it, it removes like a level of like gatekeeping. Right. And I, and I know that's like, Artists might get kind of angry at me for saying Is that. Ca- keeping but... <laughs>
0: though to like spend your dedicate your life learning how to do a thing like with
2: your own hands, um, and then people come yes along like, no. I mean, why it's, can't it's so I do that in twenty yeah.
0: seconds?
2: Yeah, well, I I remember when DSLRs hit the scene and they can do video, and oh my god, we can get depth of field out of a camera for thousand dollars, and the cinema world losing their goddamn mind because I I went to art school and film school and I have to use a sixty thousand dollar camera and a twenty thousand dollar lens to achieve this look and you're just getting it for a thousand dollars, it's not the same. It can't be the same. And it's like (laughs) well it is. Mm. You better get used to it. Um and yeah, it's only gotten better and better and better and cheaper and cheaper. Until we have it in our pockets Um, now, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, going even to like in your pockets, like imagine you are a small business, you have, you sell X widget and you just need product photos to go on your website and you don't have a great um, lighting equipment or anything. So you pull out your phone you take a photo of it, you put it into Lightroom and you say, remove the background, give it a nice uh, reflection, make it all look shiny, remove the blemishes from it. Uh, And you know, that's a few clicks instead of like, you know, somebody who took, you know, went to school to learn photoshop to like you know painstakingly but i will say that's that's a great
0: example but i will say that you already have to know to do those things to make it look good like there are there is still you know people have never ever done this that sort of creative work specifically before are not going to know what they don't know about why a professional thing looks good versus their can you know
2: their image. I mean, yeah, I don't think they might know the exact terminology, and of course, and unfortunately, I did go to art school, yeah. and I so All I do know them. Here. <laughs> but I do, see, I do see, I do see a world where Canva has a button that says "product photo," and it literally just has an example of a fo- like their crappy photo they took out of their like. Their camera, and then what it looks afterwards, which is just it on a white background, cleaned up, uh, and then you know, upload my photo, hit button, and do it. They don't need to know that it removed the blemishes or anything. It, they just know that it looked better than it did out of their phone.
1: Yeah, I mean to get again, like I, if you if it's a matter of a startup paying me to do branding work for them, being able to afford to spend more time on that on the actual brand development because they have the ability to use tools. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like there's, it gets back to my point about like the give and take of the things I would rather be spending my time take doing.
0: Take that to <laughs> the extreme, right? The client, not to the furthest extreme, but they you know, the furthest, furthest extreme would be the client wants the logo and they can type it in and they get exactly somehow what they thought of in their mind and they're done. But
1: great. I mean if they th- can do that but I, it's probably going to look like
0: that <laughs> Well, that's what well, that's what I'm <laughs> saying here so like, you know, to dial it back a little bit. They <laughs> they don't want to spend a lot of money, but they need an, you know a identity for their business which you think, you mm-hmm. know, would be worth spending something on. And you know, they generate something and it's like I don't know, they kind of keep getting close. I that's the that's kind of a recurring theme I hear a lot with AI generation like, well, it's kind of got the concept but it's not really what I was thinking of or I wanted it in this composition and it's doing it in this other way or whatever. Like, so now your work almost entirely transforms into please fix this AI generated logo instead of developing it from scratch, just from a conversation that you're having with them?
1: Well, I think it's going to be, that's going to be up to the individual designer to look at that work and say, this is a great starting point, you know, for you to get your ideas down. However, now we need to take that and treat it like a mood board Mm -hmm. and develop your Mm -hmm. brand. You know, I don't, this is, you know, I don't think we have to become, you know, beholden, to ai generated artwork as designers i mean that's that's where our expertise comes into play and we can say like listen i know that you created this thing or whatever and i know that you kind of like think this is the end all or the be all but like you know again a context here you know we need to think about the audience. We need to think about your brand traits. Does this kind of align with them? What can we take from this? You know, there's always like a compromise. Clients have been coming to us with sketches forever and we have to be like, okay, hold on. (laughs) Or like coming to us with image ideas all the time, right? It's not like a new problem to solve, right? That we have to kind of step in and say, I'm glad that your 13-year-old drew your logo idea for you on a napkin, but let's bring it back to reality. (laughs) Um, it's the same kind of thing. AI is just replacing, you know, your thirteen-year-old cousin who draws really good.
0: But also, um, I still, so. <laughs> I still have a problem with that. Even, even that, right? The, the
1: th- well, it's this is like this is it. This is right at the crux of it. It's you know, um, the the issue is the, the where this all kind of stems from. Right? Is a lack of respect for the craft that we perform. And that is the reason why these data sets were even like, nobody would, if there wasn't enough respect for what artists do and designers do and creatives do, nobody would have even considered using just a straight data Mm -hmm. pull from the internet of like everybody's work and like, it's fine. We can just take it because who cares? They don't have any value. Right. And so that's the larger discussion is that like artists, creatives, Creatives, I mean, in like the whole sense of the word, even programmers, et cetera. Coders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think you prefer coders. There's a lack of respect for what we do that means that it's okay to just take advantage of our work. And that's a that's a bigger discussion, right? That's, that's capitalism, baby. It's a symptom of the AI problem, right? Like, And I don't think that artists, like creatives, again, as a whole, should be... S- arguing or splitting hairs over like you know which ai tools are bad and like i don't know that it we need to be having a larger conversation about you know compensation and respect in the industry
0: yeah as a whole but and then there's another conversation that i want to have too. getting back to how it um because we tabled this uh, previously about you know how it affects people just now getting into the industry whether it be artists or programmers honestly um i have no frame of reference for what it's like right now to be learning one of these crafts um to be in school with things that purport to be able to do your homework for you like i have no i i don't know it's it's crazy right but what I'm what I'm kind of interested in and what nobody I don't think anybody's gonna be able to answer, but you know, I, I want to speculate about is you know what this does to people just starting out. We, you know, we personally know plenty of people, um, at least, you know, artists, if not other programmers, that are completely despondent that this is happening right now that that you can just go onto a website and type in some stuff and it and it creates a, a beautiful image potentially um, instead of you know them spending hours days you know developing something and you know a lot of these people it, it, the the whole, the whole idea of imposter syndrome right uh, mm, you know sure. it is just compounded by by the proliferation of these tools right and so you know why bother learning the craft of how to create these illustrations or paintings or code or whatever from scratch when apparently it can be just generated via the you know you know the conglomeration of all you know all human knowledge on the internet just rolled up into a ball and you know, thrown at the wall.
1: (laughs) Because it's not good.
0: Well, we say that now, but, but even getting back to like, okay, but now it can generate videos that, that are semi convincing and they will be even more convincing. Just like we saw Dolly. you know, go from Dolly to whatever mid journey or stable diffusion or whatever. Like,
1: I think that like any technology that's come before us and will come after us, people are always going to be adapting to it. I don't, think that I, I know a lot of artists who've just completely checked out of the internet now who are just like, sure. I'm just gonna sell my work uh, at conventions. I'm not gonna post anything online. I don't want to even participate in social media or online culture anymore. Um, you know there's been a lot of backlash in the industry as well, game studios uh, banning the use of AI even for in any level of their work that you know sticking our head in the sand isn't gonna save us. It's here. Uh, plenty of corporate entities, plenty of clients are going to utilize the tools. Again, it comes down to like a respect issue, less than a tool issue. You know, AI isn't the problem. Machine learning, like the the software isn't the, isn't the problem. Capitalism um, is. It's the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so when it comes to like being a new artist or a new creative or a new, anything um in this new world i that those people are going to adapt just fine and they're going to move on and whatever comes out of the other side of this whatever they're producing as the new new generation that's going to impact us more than it's going to impact them like if you oh, are man. driven enough you're still going to come out the other end and you're going to become yeah. a designer a developer whatever it may be like that's it's not going to change
0: so i'm that
1: it just may not be something that we recognize so i'm
2: definitely the old man yelling at the cloud essentially yeah
1: absolutely
2: (laughs) i yeah i've been told since my first day working some 15 odd years ago that my job will be replaced and automated at some point and i'm still going (laughs) i'm still here uh you know for better or for worse um you know yeah my I'll say this my job today doesn't look like it did five years ago and it didn't look like what I did five years ago didn't look like it did the previous five years and the five years before that and in five years from now my job won't today won't look like what it does then so um, you know we are in the technology industry it's always gonna be changing I I thought the same thing about new people coming up when react became a thing I was like oh my gosh I can't even imagine trying to get in this right now it's so complicated you know Um, but it's not for them you know it's new for them it's fresh for them it was complicated for me because there was a different way to do it for so long and it was hard for me to learn how to do that kind of stuff. So I think if you, you know, and I you know, I said this in our you know, we were talking about this podcast episode coming up, there are easier ways to make money. Uh if you want to be doing something else, you can go do that. But if you want to be a developer and you want to be a designer and you enjoy doing these things and you know, this is where you you know, sometimes it is just a job. It doesn't always have to be a passion. But, you know, if you are someone who are, is in this field, which butts nicely up against the creative field in, some, in a lot of ways, uh, you're, you're going to become that thing. You know, it's, I don't think this is going to be what ruins it for you. You know, I don't believe your. Uh, you know, I don't think jobs are of some sort in that field are going to disappear. I just think the work and the job is going to change and it's always going to change. Uh, that, that's the nature of the beast.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do recall very often being told, I mean, the, hmm. my previous life as a, a production artist, essentially, in um, the print industry, that print was dead and we just need to transition to all digital. Um, and that certainly hasn't been the case. What's happened as a result of that is ch- cheap print is dead. I would say that specialty printing mm-hmm. has had yeah. a huge Revitalization
0: is that um, what we're going to be relegated so, to? Specialty websites, I,
1: I mean, guess. That's we already we are.
0: are, though. <laughs> yeah. We already
2: are like Squarespace, like, to you know, be, people make Squarespace sites to make their simpler websites, they you know, but they come to us because they need a bespoke thing, mm-hmm. they need something that that doesn't offer them, and the, those offerings will keep getting better, you know, hopefully, maybe, i you know, and that's okay, that just means we get to do more bespoke things and more specialized work, like. Um, you know, you know, we're going to be building out designs that those things just can't do. And, you know, it's just going to keep going that way. You know, technology will keep advancing, but the asks from it will keep growing as well. You know, they always do. It's never one-to-one. It's never like, Oh, everything I wanted is exactly what technology is capable of doing right now. It's like, Oh no, technology got better you know i can now have 64 gigs of ram for a hundred dollars on my computer but now i need i need more out of it for some reason it's like why uh, oh because i'm a human and then we're always kind of want yeah a bigger better We always more. want to be
0: making something that stands apart from the sort of the baseline right and if, yeah. if now you know ge- you know generated anything is the baseline yeah. where where do we go totally. from there i don't know but
2: <laughs> I I was on TikTok this weekend and some creator was lamenting that there is a Figma plugin where you hit a button and you can copy a website and they demonstrated it by going to apple.com and Oh my God, now it's all just in Figma. Apple's design is in Figma and they were, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to quit as a designer and blah, 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 blah. blah. And I'm like, yeah, of that
0: tool though. Right. (laughs)
2: no, it's a, it's not the point of that tool. And B like, I'm sorry if you just wholesale gave that to your <laughs> client, they would go like, why'd you just hand me Apple's website? Of, like, like Apple. Yeah. Oh, like, on. thank you for the screenshot of Apple's website. You're fired. <laughs> We're going to move on. Like, Or even if it did get, let's say for some reason it got through all the checks and balances and went to the developer, the developer built it. And like, and then all of a sudden your customer base is like, Hey, why does this website look like Apple's website? Like that's not like a good smell, <laughs> you know, like, Hey, you, you are a boogie board company and, and it looks just like Apple's website, like like no, like yeah, and it's just not gonna. So you know, I you know of course had to leave my comment because some the people were like, my my job's being destroyed by AI. I do PPC. I'm like, I doubt it. Like I don't believe you. You're you're go cry Well, Please quit. But I would love for you all just to quit, get off Twitter, stop polluting my 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 feed, and you know those jobs can just keep coming my way and our way. And you know anybody who wants to keep moving on because technology is always going to keep moving forward and it's just you know there, there's nothing we can do about it uh
1: if you're in this industry to make money then you you made a mistake
2: probably <laughs> if you are in this side if you're on the production side I mean, of it no. it's probably yeah. true you know like it,
0: we're while, not doing you know, it for the money we are we're self-motivated to no we're definitely doing
1: it for the for well, the
0: money I mean, but <laughs> yeah no we're definitely we do need to survive <laughs> but like yeah, I don't know about you all, but like...
2: I didn't keep doing it for the money.
0: Let's yeah. put it that way.
1: Yeah, that's that's a better...
0: <laughs> this is what my brain does. This is what I, yeah. you know, gets me through the day. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I always have the hardest time talking to people who are getting into boot camps or whatever because, you know, I've been, you know, doing technology as, as early as I can remember. I remember being in like fourth grade playing with little JavaScript stuff and little HTML code and just kind of being a weird kid on the school computer and you know there's even photos of me before that as a kid just like playing like taking apart vcrs and putting them back together you know that's just who i've always been and it's so it's hard for me to like someone and if you find your that you want to do this work and later in life there's nothing wrong with that but i I, it's hard for me to relate to that you know you can totally do it it's just you gotta want to do it at the end of the day there's no there is no magic. There's no magic switch, boot camp, college that you can just go through, learn it, and then have all the skills that you need to be able to do this job. You're going to have to care about what you're doing at some point.
0: So, since we're we're getting to the end here, let me try to summarize <laughs> what I'm what I'm hearing uh, from our conversation today is that yes, absolutely, part at least parts of our job are absolutely being automated. Um, however. Uh, you know, we can, we can either embrace that or, or quit. (laughs) And if you embrace (laughs) that and doesn't necessarily mean that you have to use it, but if you, if you embrace this idea that parts of what you are doing are being automated, regardless of the other ethical considerations, of course, um, it's maybe hopefully a motivator to do it even better. And, you know, stay ahead of that sort of baseline curve that the generated stuff is always going to be you know inclined towards right it's always going to be in the middle of that bell curve because that's that's the whole that's how it works so and you know considering that's always been you know what technology does and what humans do um yeah maybe this is just the next you know you know, we, we certainly grew up with the new paradigm of, of the internet. And then after that, right, we saw even, even in the, just like the coding, the programming sphere, right? Like Google completely changing how programmers do programming and then Stack Overflow probably was another huge paradigm shift. Like people can just like look things up and make code that works. And that's certainly how I learned, um, you know, it might not be a copy paste job anymore, but you know, that whatever that next phase is with stuff that is generated from all of that knowledge, um, the next generation is just going to have to deal with that. I I don't know. It should be interesting to watch.
1: Yeah. I want to make it clear that I'm, I'm not an advocate for the tools that Take advantage of intellectual property of let's make um, that clear <laughs> no i mean i i'm cautiously optimistic about you know what Adobe's trying to do yeah. with the content authenticity and, and with firefly using a fully licensed data set but obviously i'm still cautious about all of that um, you know i don't want to see i'm very much against people being taken advantage of for the sake of profits mm-hmm. <laughs> building tools that don't compensate and um you know to kind of go off of what you were saying you know the, the the certifications and stuff like that ultimately none of that really matters because the like it's your creative problem solving that is your product value yeah. and and driving force yeah. Um, and if you don't have that and you're just motivated by money or certifications, whatever, then, yeah, I can see that, like, you would be heavily dissuaded to pursue this industry. Um, but there will always be people who are looking to be creative problem solvers. I don't think that's going to change. It, it may change the, what that looks like in the future. I but mean, that's I a really good point. Done. Even
0: after google came into existence there are still people that refuse to figure out you know the answers to their own questions with just you know just a click away so there's still there seems always to be room for people like us who are yes that's a great way to put it uh creative problem solvers that just know how to make stuff happen
2: i think we're all going to be just fine (sighs) in a year from now we'll all be laughing just like we do about nfts and blockchain we will just be like oh it's just a, it's just another thing that kind of exists either and that or I'll out of a job <laughs> people
1: hey. are gonna be just sorely disappointed if they think that like i'm just gonna magic what i want into existence yeah, in. right. it's yeah. it, everything is still going to require some level yeah, of effort
2: some level of effort <laughs> you're gonna need specialized people to be doing things and yeah you're some CEO thinking you can lay off your entire engineering forest and just start typing. Well, live. we see how that turns out.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're yeah, watching that, that in real that's time. So <laughs> happening. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. All right. Well, on that note, I think we got to end this here. Um, but, uh, you All know, right. I'll be interesting to, uh, interested to, you know, see if this, you know, gets one day, our our podcast gets fed into a generative AI so mm-hmm. that we can just sit back and, you know generate episodes for people to listen to wouldn't that wouldn't that be great have, that, isn't that what you I
1: want i wasn't
2: here the whole time
1: <laughs> they have voice modulators you could have yeah, somebody script
2: actually already yeah. does that to be fair like yeah we'll we'll talk about this <laughs> <after>. <laughs> all right
0: well here's the awkward ending and cut that's all for this episode Check the episode description for links to things we mentioned in the show, and don't forget to send your questions, thoughts, and fan mail to podcast at blackbird.digital. You can also find us on the web at blackbird.digital slash podcast, and on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok as loop underscore WP. If you're interested in having a WordPress website custom built, or you want to join a team that does that, head over to our site at blackbird.digital and drop us a line. Thanks for listening to In The Loop. See you next time.